Welcome to fall and welcome to a Monday. This is your Newsmax Daily for September 25th, 2023. There are now less than 100 days in the year and exactly three months until Christmas Day. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Probably not so much if you live along the Carolina, Virginia, or even New Jersey coast, thanks to Tropical Storm Ophelia. I think people from in this area are kind of used to the winds and the storm, and they got a great view, as long as it's no danger. Millions of other Americans up the coast on high alert today for damaging wind, rain, and flooding from the remnants of Ophelia. And as is the case on Mondays this time of the year, half of the country is happy, half of the country isn't, depending upon yesterday's performance of your city's NFL team or your favorite NFL team, which may be from a different city. It's definitely a tough Monday if you're a Denver Broncos fan. The great Kevin Harlan on the call. Wow. 70 to 20. 70. What a performance by my Miami Dolphins. Today is National Comic Book Day, celebrating the creativity, the art, and the history of comic books, where most of the world's superheroes got their start long before making it to the big screen. Oddly enough, my comic book hero was not a superhero, but it was Richie Rich, if you remember those comics. And I don't know if they even still make that comic today or not. If you are a comic book enthusiast, let me know. Radio underscore Marino on X. You remember when people used to say on the Twitter, on the X. Hit me up on the X. Today is also National Daughters Day, dedicated to celebrating and honoring the bond between parents and their daughters. A day that is believed to have stemmed from International Women's Day, which was first celebrated all the way back in 1909. Not sure when exactly the first National Daughters Day was, but it grew out of that. And Jews around the world are observing the Holy Day of Yom Kippur, which started at sundown last night and ends tonight. The big story this week will continue to be the battle over funding the government and avoiding a shutdown come Friday, which dominated the weekend talk shows along with political corruption after New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez and his wife were indicted on bribery charges as a Biden impeachment inquiry hearing is set to happen later this week. And a brand new ABC News Washington Post poll showing former President Trump surging ahead of President Biden in a hypothetical matchup. We get more from Newsmax's Sunday agenda. Joe Biden's failures at home and abroad on full display at the United Nations this week, declaring America as his last priority. And it's starting to rear its ugly head for Biden in the polls released just today, a short time ago, a new ABC News Washington Post poll shows Biden approval rating is 19 points underwater. It's a measly 37 percent approval to a 56 percent disapproval. And his numbers on both the economy and immigration are also at career lows. 64 percent disapprove on the economy and 62 percent on the immigration Finally, finally, Americans are waking up and seeing just what a disaster Joe Biden is. Joining me now to discuss is former U.S. Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker. Also with us, Ambassador at the America First Policy Institute and Newsmax contributor Jesse Jane Duff. Thank you both for joining us this afternoon. Good to be with you. Thank Matt, you. 
Matt, I'll start with you first. This latest polling shows more and more Americans are questioning not just Biden's age, but also his economic and immigration policies. And, and now Trump's lead over Biden. Again, this is an ABC News Washington Post poll in terms of voting preference among all adults up nearly 10 points. Look at that. 51 percent, 20, 42 percent. How critical is this as we look ahead to the Iowa caucus? Well, as you know, I'm from Iowa, so I can give you a on the ground uh, feeling. And that is that the American people are suffering under Joe Biden's policies, whether it is this unchecked and unregulated immigration on our southern border, or quite frankly, interest rates that are pricing a lot of people out of an ability to you know, pay their mortgage if they wanted to buy a new house. And so there's just so many fronts. And you know, the thing about Donald Trump is, uh, People know what he did as president. They know how he was able to uh, have the economy uh, really uh, prospering, and, and a lot of people were affected uh, in an important and positive way by his policies. And certainly, he uh, has a strong record uh, at the southern border and in so many other areas. But all that being said, you know, the alarm bells right now among the mainstream Democrats are going off very loud because obviously Joe Biden is their best hope. They, you know, the the next in line is Kamala Harris. She would lose by more than ten points to to Donald Trump, and obviously Gavin Newsom is waiting in the wings uh, to hoping for a chance. Uh, even though he was a, you know, his failed policies in California are known by everyone. So it is not good news for Democrats, and they are very concerned. And they should be. Former acting U.S. Attorney General Matt Whitaker on Sunday Agenda with Lydia Serrani. Going through the channels this morning, even Morning Joe on MSNBC was concerned about the new ABC News Washington Post poll calling Bidenomics flat-footed and Trump a street fighter. I couldn't find a cut of this to play for you, but Jay Johnson was on, the former director of Homeland Security. He actually said he would take an 85-year-old Joe Biden on his worst day over the criminally indicted Donald Trump. Number one, he is likely not feeling the economic squeeze like most of us regular folk. If you really want to get a gauge on what's happening in America, simply go to a supermarket. You don't even have to ask anybody. Just go to a supermarket, watch and listen to what people are saying. Number two, Jay Johnson and others continue to support Biden because they're okay with a President Kamala Harris when Joe doesn't make it. That is really the question that people should be asking to Democrats and Democrat supporters. Are you honestly going to be okay with Kamala Harris as your president? Jay Johnson was the Secretary of Homeland Security, of course, during the Obama-Biden administration that ended its term by exchanging four prisoners with Iran and giving the terrorist nation $400 million to go along with it. On Saturday's edition of America Right Now, host Tom Basile did a deep dive on the Democrats' Iran policies. The Obama payments were also made in non-U.S. currency, so they couldn't be tracked easily. Enter stage left President Joe Biden, whose team has given us the largest ground war in Europe since World War II, and he says, hold my Bud Light. During Biden's time in office, the Iraqis released $10 billion in formerly frozen assets to Iran. The United States could have stopped that transaction, but it didn't. Mr. Obama handed Afghanistan lock, stock and barrel over to an Islamic terrorist organization. He even gave them $7 billion of American military equipment on the way out. 
Mr. Biden's latest Iran deal is also a slap in the face for the only functioning liberal democracy and our greatest ally in the region. Israel now continues its standoff with Iran, which will have billions more to leverage against them. To put the $6 billion into perspective, Mr. Biden's foreign military assistance request for Israel for fiscal year 2023 was $3.3 billion plus $500 million more for Iron Dome defense assistance. This year, Biden transferred more resources to Tehran than Tel Aviv. Now, look, the left is going to explain this away, saying it's not our money. We froze the assets or otherwise prevented the terror regime from accessing it. But you and I both know cash is king. The Iranian regime leaders are brutal criminals who have waged war not only on their own people, but against people in dozens of countries. Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, remnants of ISIS and other groups will benefit from this deal. Mr. Biden helping to fund their operations in this way is akin to being an accessory to mass murder. And to make it even more idiotic, the administration is now offering a security guarantee to Saudi Arabia while dumping cash into the kingdom's biggest security threat, a nuclear Iran. According to Biden, we couldn't deter Russia's invasion of Ukraine because it would have started World War III. Now, after tens of thousands of people have been killed, we are giving billions of dollars to one of Russia's closest allies who will use that money to build military equipment to kill more civilians and destroy U.S. military hardware. The Middle East Research Institute reported that $15.7 billion since the 1979 revolution has been paid to Iran in exchange for prisoners. The vast majority of those payments were made by Democrat presidents. President Biden's Iran deal, folks, it imperils not only our national security, but the safety of every American living abroad and the cause of defeating Islamic terrorism in all of its forms. Tom Basili, host of America right now, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on Newsmax. Remember when Trump asked if you're a Christian, how can you vote for Joe Biden? Their support or lack thereof of Israel should beg the question, if you're Jewish, if you're a Jew, how are you going to vote for Biden? Let's go back to the breaking news on New Jersey Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, which, as I mentioned, dominated the weekend talk shows. The indictment alleges that through that relationship, the senator and his wife accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars of bribes in exchange for Senator Menendez using his power and influence to protect and to enrich those businessmen and to benefit the government of Egypt. In a search, investigators found nearly $500,000 in cash, gold bars, and a luxury vehicle. Translation, Menendez is accused of selling access and wielding political influence to enrich himself, his family, his friends, and even a foreign government. Does this sound familiar? It reads right out of the same Biden family playbook, where profits and political interests take priority over patriotism and serving we, the American people. The indictment accuses Senator Menendez of taking a series of official acts and breaches of official duty in exchange for bribes that benefited him both directly and indirectly through his wife, Nadine Menendez. So ask yourself, why is the senator from New Jersey finally facing some real accountability while the Biden family still escapes serious scrutiny despite the growing evidence of foreign corruption and self-enrichment. 
But the good news is Americans are waking up to the destruction of our legal system and to the dirty tricks inside the entrenched political swamp that serves its own interests over the interests of its constituents. For example, according to the latest Rasmussen Reports survey, 72% of Americans said that they are concerned that, quote, America is becoming a police state. You have to assume the other 28% live under a rock. Look around. America is becoming a very scary place. The leading political opponent to the current president is facing 91 federal and state charges that add up to more than 700 years in prison. Earlier this week, the DOJ convicted two women in their 70s for protesting at an abortion clinic. That's Kimberly Guilfoyle guest hosting on Newsmax. For more on the Department of Justice, we go to New York Congresswoman and member of the House Ways and Means Committee, Claudia Tenney, on Saturday Agenda. What do you make of the attorney general uh, saying, no, there's no politics? I thought it was one of the most stunning testimonies this week. I've seen a lot of Capitol Hill hearings. And this one, he was bobbing and weaving. And I don't know. I can't recall. Uh, I don't think he did uh, a very impressive job after that. What were your thoughts? I agree with you 100 percent, Rita. He was reading prepared notes from staff. He obviously looks like a person who's not in charge of the attorney general's office. He's taking orders from someone else, probably the Biden team. And Biden team is taking orders from someone else, too. Uh, The staff is running the show and they are running a weaponized government against anyone who doesn't comply with their political views. And it's so clear as a member of the House Ways and Means Committee, it was my chairman, Jason Smith, who actually created the whistleblower portal for the IRS and those two brave whistleblowers came out, not political people, by the way. One was even a Democrat who said, this is wrong, what's happening? And they gave explosive testimony and revealed just the beginnings of the Biden family crime scheme. And that's what we saw and the testimony is gonna continue to come out. But what we saw out of the attorney general under the guidance of Merrick Garland was a slow walking of our ability to get this evidence, blocking by an attorney general, a US attorney general assistant named uh, Leslie Wolf, who said, oh, we can't touch the, 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 the big guy, basically Joe Biden, We actually lost the ability to get evidence from a storage unit out in uh, Virginia because Merrick Garland's team interfered. So uh, the IRS whistleblowers said we need to get to the storage unit. We know we have suspicious activity reports coming out of uh, Chairman James Comer's uh, oversight committee that reveals a web of bank accounts, uh, corrupt entities put together by the Biden family. And honestly, my my belief is this. Everyone says, well, we're going to get Hunter Biden. It's all about Joe using his family, his son, who obviously has uh, grave uh, drug problems and other issues to enrich himself and his family. We know that there was uh, the the explosive testimony that came out of Tony Bobulinski, 10 percent for the big guy. We saw the FBI informant talking about what Victor Shulkin had revealed from Burisma, you know, that there was five million that went to Joe and five million that went to Hunter. Where is that money and how did they hide it? How does Joe, a career politician, live in such a grandiose way, multi-million dollar homes, cars, the lifestyle of the rich and famous, but yet he's been a politician since the day he got out of law school? Exactly. Exactly. 
other than investing on insider information and giving speeches for a ridiculous amount of money as a senator and the former vice president, what could Joe Biden have done to become so wealthy? More from Congresswoman Tenney with Newsmax host Rita Cosby. How do you see parallels here? Because you could make the case what they're looking into, what you guys are looking into on Capitol Hill with the Bidens, that shell companies, maybe you could replace the Mercedes that the Menendez got for a Corvette uh, with the Bidens. I mean, how do you see this all? A lot of people are saying, well, wait a minute. Uh, are there two cases that maybe are similar, but just different mechanisms to get the money? That seems like the allegations, at least on the Biden side, that's being looked into. I think they're very similar, only I think, believe it or not, the Biden case is worse. It is using money from uh, enemies or, or corrupt con countries like uh, Burisma, a corrupt energy company, China, uh, using an energy company in China, Romania, Serbia. There's actually literally dozens of company or countries across the world that the Bidens used. And it's very similar that the theft of honest services, bribery, uh, those all those schemes that we've seen coming out of. These are all impeachable offenses, by the way. I do think the difference here is this. The Democrats have a problem. It's all about power at the executive level. Senator Menendez is expendable. They can let him go because they're gonna get another Democrat probably elected in New Jersey. They can't give up the controls of the police power they have through the FBI and the DOJ if we were to actually bring down someone like Joe Biden. That's the critical difference. You're dealing with a senator who can be replaced by another Democrat, and you're dealing with Joe Biden who could be replaced possibly by President Trump, who they're doing everything they can to cook up charges against him that are not legitimate, that are not this true theft of services, bribery, money laundering, all the things that are happening with the Biden family on a grand scale. I think, in my estimation, probably the worst that you have ever seen. We talk about Watergate. You know, Richard Nixon didn't actually commit the crimes. There were people that were for him that did. There was a cover up. But we have Joe Biden committing crimes through his family, using his vulnerable family members, by the way. What a what a wonderful guy he is. And then taking that money and, and, and using that that influence that he has and then committing the cover up on top of it, using our FBI, our DOJ, that is supposed to be representing us. Again, that's New York representative and member of the House Ways and Means Committee, Claudia Tenney, on Saturday Agenda. The Republican-led U.S. House of Representatives is now set to hold its first committee hearing on the Biden impeachment inquiry. That'll happen on Thursday. That's also going to be big news throughout the week. All right. So what about the Republican battle over funding the government? Florida Congressman Matt Gates, also a member of the House Ways and Means Committee, spoke with Kimberly Guilfoyle. Thank you, Congressman, for being on the program. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. So part of your strength in your fight with uh, McCarthy and your fight for the country, quite frankly, is your assumption that the government will shut down as you and your colleagues uh, work this out. Tell us more about what you're doing and the purpose behind it. Well, since 1997, this country has been governed by a series of continuing resolutions and omnibus spending bills. And in plain speak, what that means is that your elected representatives take only one consequential vote on government funding over the course of a year. And it's an up or down vote on everything all at once. And my belief is that that's one of the reasons why we have a $33 trillion 
debt with $2 trillion annual deficits in front of us as far as the eye can see. So my theory of the case in divided government is that we actually can make spending cuts, but not in an up or down vote on all of the government all at once. We have to force the agencies to come before us, present their budgets. We have to have open amendments and then let the votes fall where they may and let the Democrats get up and explain why American taxpayers are paying for gay pride parades in Prague. Let them explain why we're paying the Department of Homeland Security to take people from the border and distribute them all over the interior of our country. If we had this opportunity, I think we would broaden the conservative base and we might just save the country while doing so. Are you getting a lot of pushback about this? Because you've definitely been someone who has been out front and center fighting for what you believe in. You've had criticism from colleagues, et cetera, that, you know, some of the rhinos, et cetera, that just want to go about business as usual and not make waves. What do you say to them? Yeah, I had one colleague in a closed door meeting yesterday say, well, what Gates is going to make us do is very difficult because I just want to be able to say that I want less spending. But if you make me vote on the individual bills, then I might have to vote on specific amendments and programs on those bills. And that's just a real hard thing for me politically. And gosh, if things in my district were not able to make a case based on merit for their inclusion in the federal budget, I wouldn't want them removed. And so that's why I'm against the Gates plan. I thought that was a particularly interesting take, but it is indicative of the disease that has infected this place where we just keep doing the same thing over and over. I think we need to break the fever. That means even if we have a small temporary shutdown, which I don't want, it might be worth it if it resulted in a paradigm change in how we budget in Washington. That's Florida Congressman Matt Gates. What of several Republicans who stayed in Washington to work over the weekend. So the deadline to fund the government or come up with a continuing resolution, which is the most likely scenario, like it or not, is Friday. The government could potentially shut down at midnight on Friday. Donald Trump posting on Truth Social over the weekend that Republicans should go for everything or shut it down. Wake Up America spoke with Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale this morning. So, Congressman, it sounds like some progress was made over the weekend, uh, but we're not there yet, um, and the clock is ticking. Politico, Kevin McCarthy continues to stare into the shutdown abyss. McCarthy's central strategy remains the same. He wants to deliver a GOP opening bid to the Democratic Senate while holding back a rebellion by his right flank, enough to hang on to his speakership after Democrats, by necessity, enter the talks. Do you think we see the government shut down on Saturday? Well, you won't see it shut down. Like most Americans, there's, uh, you're going to see very little impact. Checks will still go out. All of Social Security, uh, our uh, military, active military, they'll still receive their checks. And I think that by the time we get to this Saturday, we will have the opportunity to have, again, about 70 percent of the. Uh, well, yeah, but 70 percent, Congressman, is not 100 percent. So that was a little that was a little vague. So do, do we see a shutdown um, or, or no? That, that's a yes or no. <laughs> Rob, that's funny is what that is. 70% of the government can be funded. So you're trying to scare the people across the nation. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare the people. and I'm not trying to talk semantics with you, sir. I'm just, I'm, I'm, they call it a government shutdown for a reason. So I'm wondering, just it's a simple question. Do you think we see a government shutdown on Saturday? Monday morning, I want to set this up for everybody at home. Do you think we see a shutdown on Saturday? Most people across this nation won't. It won't impact their lives one single bit, Rob. 
So it sounds like a yes, though. It sounds like you, you think we're headed I'm telling for you, most a people shutdown. Across this nation won't be impacted one bit. Now, can the, can the administration inflict pain and make it difficult for folks? Sure. Are they going to try and find the most painful situations that they can create so that they can uh, make a, an issue out of this? Sure. And keep us from doing our job and passing appropriation bills and try to force us to pass a continued resolution and an omnibus? They'll probably try that. But that's not the right way to fund government. And so I will be intimidated by that. I'm going to make sure that we go through the appropriations process and to have a transparent, responsibly funded government. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Congressman, appreciate you joining us bright and early. Uh, the voting... We'll start tomorrow. We'll all be watching Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale. Good to see you. Thank you. That's Rob Finnerty on Wake Up America earlier this morning. So there you go. That and the impeachment inquiry hearing, along with the continued investigation by the Republicans into the Bidens, is what will continue to make headlines throughout the week, barring any major breaking news, which we know could happen at any minute of any day. Meanwhile, at the White House today, the president hosts meetings with Pacific Islands Forum leaders for the U.S. Pacific Islands Summit. He will then host a meeting with the president's board of advisors on historically black colleges and universities, where he will remind everyone that Donald Trump allocated more money to HBCs than any other president. No, I'm kidding. Of course, he's not going to mention that at all. And I have to mention this. 60 Minutes did an amazing report, expose on the funding of Ukraine, where all the money is going and what it's being used for. Kudos to 60 Minutes. If you didn't see it, I encourage you to go watch it or read about it. It exposed a lot of the concerns and topics that Newsmax hosts and many Americans have been discussing for months and asking about for months and months. And, of course, more funding for Ukraine is one of the sticking points in the debate over funding the government. It could be the potential sticking point that shuts down the government. Don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems, including AT&T, Comcast, Cox Cable, Mediacom, Spectrum, Verizon, Fios, and many others, as well as platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, Pluto, Zumo, and more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I appreciate the download. Continue to tell all your friends about it. And enjoy the rest of your Monday. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.